Hey, what's happening, guys? Just sipping on a fresh candle, editing some podcast episodes. I uh, haven't really told a lot of people this, but I got COVID in August, and I'm kind of have a backlog of of, of projects, and uh, but I'm working on them, and I'm going to bring you one right now. And uh, this is actually from a dude that I met online on Instagram. Great guy named Cable Gibbs. He's an author of a book called Fear of Love and Corona, um, which is really interesting. Last year, I was working on a book um, that was very similar in title. So when I uh, found out that this, that this dude wrote this book, I, uh, I had to reach out to him and try to you know pick his brain on his thoughts of what we've all been through the past year or so. He actually was a very uh, accomplished actor. Um, he has a very interesting story to tell. And, um, yeah, man, I found it to be very... You know, you never know what other people have gone through. And um, it's really it's really quite amazing, man, when you really have a conversation with someone, the things that you can hear that people have experienced. Um it's really quite profound and very interesting, man. And I, it reminds me of just how many amazing people in the world there are that uh, sometimes we just don't really realize or think about. I love the episode that we have, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here's Mr. Cable Gibbs. Looking forward to the, the conversation we'll have. I know you, you're a man of conviction. I've been following you on, uh, on Instagram, and man, you really have a... You really believe in the things that you say and the things that you are all passionate about, man. And it seems like um, you really are trying to make the world a better place. And I feel like you have such a an openness to to who you are as a person and the things you post. And um, you're actually another person through social media that I've just kind of run into and I just kind of vibed with, man. So um, for people that don't know you, just kind of give kind of a general summary of of who you are kind of your story and what led up to writing this book of yours okay well thank you for that that's a huge compliment and i really really appreciate that um okay like a quick overall just kind of thing i'm 42. Mm -hmm. um i was born in my cousin's bed boulder colorado stayed there for nine months moved to virginia lived in the country 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 very lean years um basically alcoholic dad breakup divorce terrible stepdad uh, i went everything from juvenile hall to dropping out of high school twice mm. obviously a lot of stories i'm actually writing another book for, for the whole life story called the beginnings of a jewel thief mm. so it's a pretty catchy it's a really mm -hmm. cool i'm super honest it's a really cool title mm -hmm. But also, to be honest with you, writing is a therapy. Y'all probably all know that. Anyway, mm -hmm. so to get to go to to shine that light on that deep monster down in the, the closet, deep in our souls, that's that's kind of pulling strings on us that we may not even know. Um, writing is one way to get that out, uh, and in a, in a vulnerable way, though I'd say not not a kind of a check out these cool stories of what I did here and there, but more of a uh, therapeutic way of being vulnerable and being honest and letting out some of those insecurities through, through, through shining that light through the public. Um, but then I dropped out of high school twice, meaning failure due to absence is the first time, then kind of begged to come back and then just did it again, failure due to absences. My parents moved out and I ended up, I had like this trailer in a trailer park with another friend and 
we had already started drinking and this and that in high school. And uh, so I only made it to maybe like, maybe March or April of the next uh, stint. Then I moved to California, started waiting tables, which I think should be a college course for about anybody to learn how to, the cadence, how to talk to people, how to tip, mm-hmm. um, how to treat people, how to eat, eat dirt sometimes. Um, deal with bosses, deal with pressure. And so I stayed out there for about a, a few different restaurants, Northern California, Southern California, then moved to Southern California, only was there about nine months. Came all the way back to the East Coast to, I went to airplane mechanic school in Embry-Riddle, Daytona Beach. Mm. I also did some flight school. I only had 39 hours, ran out of money, <clears throat> but also I, uh, I got picked up. I was playing beach volleyball. And I was trying to get competitive at that. And uh, I actually, I know our Olympian, Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucina. That was kind of when they were first starting out too. They were ahead of me though, even even at that stage. They were really good. But I got one of Phil's old partners, blah, blah. Um, but anyways, on the beach volleyball court, I got approached and I ended up getting into modeling. Mm. So I ended up doing that for about five and a half years, four and a half, four, four and a half to five years actually internationally from Milan, Paris, this, that, and the next thing, which is a gangster, super gangster uh, hmm. business, which can be super hurtful. And um, there'll be a lot of stories about that one in the next book, but the pitfalls, the agents, the um, just just how it creates insecurities, being judged, mm-hmm. the drug, the alcohol, the, the, uh, the, the, ease, the ease of taking the easy road rather than actually trying hard. Um, did that, then I ended up going back to try to finish airplane mechanic school. That's when I ran out of the money. Mm. And then I moved to Austin, Texas, mm. fell in love with blues music. Mm-hmm. Um, I've all, I've, there's been a lot of years where I had alcohol and even some drug problems, cocaine specifically. Um, and just running, running from myself, running from responsibility. I was more addicted to having fun. Mm-hmm. Then it was the actual just sit around and do it. So it was kind of just mm-hmm. rebellious nature, drinking, partying, having fun. But they call Austin, Texas, Austin, O-Z, where, where some, some people go to never grow up. Uh, oh, wow. It's changed. Austin's changed. I left out of there in like 2015. Um, but it's, it's changed. It's gotten super L.A. Cali vibey mm-hmm. and uh, super crowded. So it's uh, it's definitely changed. But anyways, back then I ended up getting into acting and doing stunts. Mm-hmm. I became the right hand man for the big a big stunt coordinator. Um, he was calling me for different things. I was getting in, but I was messing up. I was messing it up due to just partying too much. To be honest, like uh, that's the truth of the matter. And then I ended up getting into some other stuff. And I uh, I was I was downtown one time. I fell out of a window. I fell out a window backwards onto concrete, okay, about two and a half stories up. And uh, I shattered both my feet, my, my, my uh, calcaneus, which is the, the, basically the heel bone. Mm. So it's a shape like a light bulb when that was crushed, kind of lost some length in my, in my leg. And then I broke some other bones in the other foot. So I couldn't walk before I was cleared to walk. I um I was run off the road. I was driving to the doctor actually to be cleared to walk. I just got a couple of big rolls. It was, they were kind of 
stalling and delaying it because we were trying not to tell everybody that I was injured because they were more acting roles, blah, blah. I had crutches in the car and everything. Sorry, we had some birds in the background over here trying to do a little cameo. But, uh, we, uh, I, so I run off the road at like 70 miles an hour and uh, end up hitting a tree and spiral fracture my tip tip. Oh. So I was back on the couch. So now we're talking about, yeah, yeah. So now we're talking about six months, mm -hmm. no, no, no walking. Um, not even cleared to walk. How old were the you? Depression of losing, not only losing athleticism, and that was that was like around uh, thirty-five. Mm. Um, so testosterone, pivotal point, um, not being able to walk, the, the atrophy, the deterioration of the soul, <laughs> and. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff, but mm -hmm. I, I kind of made it through that well, and, and was looking for different ways to heal. Uh, the head was the most important thing that I didn't really have any coaching or schooling on. And I didn't have any, just any, the, the doctors, I, I guess just to uh, cover their own behind, they, they kind of tell you, look, you're never going to be the same. You're never going to be able to jump like you did, whatever. Um, which I guess they have to say, but in some ways you want to hear the other side of that, the positive side, like work hard, you can get it back. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so a year goes by, I'm still not working out correctly because of the depression. And um, I like, I lost pretty much the career. Mm. I lost a lot of different stuff, all, all the fake party friends and nobody was visiting me. You know, I have one friend, one of my really good dear friends, named Rudy he he stayed with me he was the only one and um so bottom line and what a friend what a friend too he's super high caliber uh, thin air living mm -hmm. guy but um anyway so a year later my dad was killed by a snowplow um in Virginia on the back country roads of Fauquier County and and through that the, the whole other mess of problems happened where sell the land i didn't so after a year you're, you can't they'll, they'll, they can force you to bottom line if, if you have a at least in virginia i'm in virginia um at least in virginia if you have a fair offer and one sibling wants to sell which i i, I guess fair but it, it wasn't like a, a million dollars it wasn't a lot but what it did we, we ended up selling and what it did is it got me enough money to go on a spiritual track. Mm. So I went to India, Nepal, Romania, Amsterdam, Spain, and that's where I was exposed to yoga in Rishikesh, India. I went there with a group of, in a very eclectic group of five um, people from Romania that I've met at a, at a martial arts seminar, the DKU, um, a famous Korean martial artist. Mm. Um, he was on a seminar for whatever reason I saw it on the internet. It was like a three day thing. Mm -hmm. I, I met, I met, met some really cool people there. One of my friends, Andre is a really good friend. I'm still in contact with, talked to him like a couple of days ago. He's in Germany now. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways, I met another guy who was, um, saying a shaman that, that no, that was a second, but, uh, so he went. There was him, he's also a police officer in Romania, uh, Bucharest, Romania, mm -hmm. uh, um, an army captain, 
the shaman, a speech therapist for children, an artist, and a nutritionist. Hmm. Uh, one lady was severely overweight. It was just a super eclectic crew. We went to India together, and uh, we were. This is a funny side story. We, I, I came back to America after meeting him. He told me about the trip. I think it was sixteen hundred euros for two weeks, hmm. all flights included, interior, um, and some little like little field trip kind of things. Hmm. I never asked him where we were going. I flew over to Bucharest. We all met up. We flew to India um, through Moscow. This, that, and the next thing, missed flights. We ended up taking them. Uh, we missed our interior flight. And we uh, ended up taking a cab from New Delhi to Rishikesh, which is about, I think it was about six, seven, eight hours. And we were about six hours into it. Um, and they were laughing in the backseat. And I could tell that they were laughing. I mean, I asked them what they were and I and I go, what are y'all laughing at? You know, they're like, Cable, um, you never asked where we were going. <laughs> they're like, this is trust. So I, <laughs> I, I paid them. I paid them. They obviously were, were were honest people. I never even asked them where we were going, but it ended up being Rishikesh, which is the birth birthplace place of yoga. Mm. Um, the Beetle used to go there, uh, and so back they, they still have paintings on these little ashrams from them, literally from them. But anyways, that whole, all that to say, that's where I was exposed to yoga. I mm. used to feel it was a little bit too trendy and a little too sceny, the mm. whole LA vibe, yoga, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever, it's almost like a CrossFit thing. Mm -hmm. But out there I was exposed to meditation as well. So that was life changing. Mm -hmm. That's where I, you're seeing the person that you're seeing now, mm -hmm. that's kind of the, the start of it. Is being in severe pain from not only losing the, the 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 parent, but the depression of all those things combined. From the like I said, the losing the athleticism, some of it, like you know, not everything. You you yeah. get it back through through hard work. Um, but just to be honest, that's a pill. That's a that's a rough time for a male to go through severe injuries. Like thirty five years old, like I said, the testosterone, mm -hmm. all these kind of different things are coming mm -hmm. at one time. Loss of the career, loss of the friend, loss of the family. Yeah. I stopped talking to the family. They, they got boots. It was a dishonest kind of situation. Mm -hmm. um, so it came, you know, the teacher appears when a student is ready, but say yeah. like that. And um, so I ended up not being able to, I got, I was, I stayed over there for only about two and a half weeks. Then I, I had a two month visa, but I decided to come back and apply for like a 10 year visa. I didn't get it. And so then I went to Nepal. Paul, you can go straight in with the passport. So I went to Nepal. I did a yoga teacher certification. I did a motorcycle trip to, uh, from Kathmandu to the Tibetan border. I volunteered with the elephants and did all kinds of little interior trips. I spent nine days meditating in Lumbini, which is B Buddha's birthplace. Mm -hmm. Here is the, the, the deep search, the internal search of um, to the book. The book is about, I, I was always a hesitant uh, I always looked at self-love almost, uh, well, maybe the people, the examples that I've seen um, have been a bit narcissistic, let's be honest. There's a fine line between true self-love and yeah. loving yourself a little too much. Mm. Um, that's that's so good. That's a lot of that. I know that's a lot, but I'm just putting it out there, like yeah, how, you know, how we're doing it. But absolutely, yeah, that man. pretty much gets us to the book. That, but that, that, mm. that, that. Go ahead. No, dude, like when what you just said right there is something that I really. Oh, am I uh, still going? Yeah, so you go, ahead, go ahead. I got 
Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was. I want you to go, but it's just to just to, to get a timeline going. Mm -hmm. That I finished. That I got back from fall 2018, mm -hmm. um, and then I moved to Kansas City with that same friend. Actually, kind of house sitting for him. Um, then try to get back into entertainment stunts. I'm just I'm I'm super. Mm -hmm. uh, three and almost uh, four years ago is when I kind of started this internal meditation yoga. Mm -hmm. But please go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So, so you know what you what you said there about uh, self love and about there being like this. It's weird. I've been very intrigued about that whole idea because I've I've been someone who's really struggled my whole life with kind of accepting, you know, myself, and it took a long, long time to even. Uh, it's weird. There's almost like uh, that proverb about, you know, when you accumulate more knowledge, you accumulate more sorrow, you know, so sometimes the way that you are growing as a person, it's you think it's going to, um, in some ways, it brings you closer to people because you understand the human condition. But then again, it also detaches you because you see just how um, I don't don't want to sound mean, but you, you do sound you do realize just how um, some people are very detached from, I guess, the uh, the inner work in, in the West, you know, and how we're so busy and how you can get pessimistic and how uh, too often self-love turns into this weird, uh, I don't know how to actually regulate it to where it, there's a balance between uh, making sure it's not in excess to where it's prideful or even that it's forced because too often what we, what we know is right and what is, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like what we know is right regarding self-love and what we feel is its proper place in our lives. Sometimes there's other issues that we have to deal with, but we're trying to force it because we're trying to stay positive. And so we're repressing kind of the, the darker kind of things that we have to address. And so to me, self-love isn't just this bliss. It's not just this thing that is right. just, we ignore the bad. It's it's actually the the domain I would say of of grace. What we realize that in this you know we come into this world unconditionally. And in my in a lot of my writings that I'm working on is exploring this this phenomenon that you know where we get unconditional love from is this fact of life that we exist unconditionally. Like everything in life exists um, regardless of what we've done you know we just have to cooperate with the laws of joy the laws of happiness the laws of love and life you know and so when we come into this world there's the fundamental fact of our lives is this unconditional reality that we enter into and so for me every aspect of our life should be undergirded by this realization that not only do we exist unconditionally but all the answers all the inner uh realizations that we need of our own of our own value and all the things you know there are unconditional realities that we just have to spend enough time accepting and when we really accept the underlying things that, that hold our own life uh and have kind of held our lives you know our whole lives as we enter into this world we begin to rest kind of in I think the nature of love of life we're not trying to force our value but we accept our value and so self to me self-love is something where 
We're not trying to force our, 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 our love of ourselves or trying to run away from the darkness. It's like there's this integration of what is and kind of in, in the atmosphere of grace that allows us to kind of go into some of the darker areas and actually see, okay, so what's going on here? You know, what, what is not true about my experience of the world and what is true? What are some things that are sort of wrapped up and tangled together that I have to kind of with a certain degree of surgical precision, you know, kind of separate and not exaggerate, uh, you know? And so for me, a lot of uh, people that I follow, you know, on social media, all the writers that I that I enjoy are people that are kind of engaged in this process that like there's these details of of life we have to get, we have to slow down you know we have to kind of kind of withdraw ourselves from the norm of what our society has become and you know i'm ocd and adhd and so for me i have to i gotta i gotta slow myself extra down you know or i'm just like in my mind as i've always experienced the world in like hd you know, and so for me, my a lot of my life has been kind of repressing my own experience of myself and of the world, and just just you know, in my own in my own story that I, that I'm attempting to tell, uh, you know, in all the things that that I do, there's this fundamental joy that we have of existence that kind of uh, gives us that comfort to kind of rest within ourselves, and I think uh, you know, especially in the in western spirituality we've uh we 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 became way too we can we, we became hyper western you know to where uh a lot of the elements of the east you know i think are so refreshing to, to the to the human mind to the average person and to me finding kind of like that happy balance of you know the intellect but also kind of that uh i don't know i guess sort of the uh if I had to summarize the East, it's a little more of, of a holistic kind of notion of being. And for me, kind of finding a finding your own um, resolution as a Westerner, you know, not totally denying the Western mind, but not also thinking it's the only thing that exists. Because uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like we're, we're out of balance, and you know, especially as we increase in technology, it kind of increases our ability for yeah uh, for error in our present state that inherits that technology you know and so um anyway mm -hmm. i'm i'm kind of going just miscellaneous but um i'm really interested because to hear you know uh a lot of your a lot of your thoughts regarding this book because it sounds like 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 your like like yourself man the the lockdown last year and, and covid and everything really got me to a place of going inward more than ever and Honestly, I mean, I hate to say this, but in some ways, like last year, I I needed the time to like withdraw myself and not feel guilty about it. You know, sometimes we withdraw ourselves and we are like, ah, I got all these responsibilities, I got all these things I need to do. And then when we have like when, when it's forced on us, it's kind of like, okay, good. I can take a break and not feel guilty about it, you know. And so even though I, I very much uh, I hate all the misery and pain that, that was last year for me, like. I, you know, there were some elements of positivity that I was able to to run with and withdraw myself and really develop some of these ideas of my own to feel more stable, to feel like I'm more conscious of who I am. And it really kind of inspired me to, you know, to really go in with, with this podcast and, and begin to just have conversations with people, man, and begin to just experience the world in a bigger way and connect with people. And so, um, so yeah, man, uh, 
so that that said, man, I'm, I'm really interested to hear, hear, hear about your book in, in context to your story and to hear about how uh, maybe you had kind of a similar experience of last year. Okay. Um, yeah, all that's good. That's really cool stuff, though. Mm. I'm glad you got a positive look on that on last year. That's really mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> mine was a bit, I, basically, the book is called The Fear of Love and Corona. Mm -hmm. 17,840 miles during COVID lockdown election. Mm -hmm. So in the, be at the beginning, there's a love story that basically a, a, a goddess of a being in Miami Beach basically rocked me and was exposing some insecurities, some confidence issues, and all this kind of stuff. That's this is where the fear of love comes in. Mm -hmm. um, so honestly, right before the, right as the pandemic was hitting, like middle of March, this, that's a long story. It's in the book. <laughs> um, but basically, we were about to get, we were talking kind of serious. It was like, you know, uh, let's get together pretty much and, and try to help people in mm -hmm. any way we can. You know, let's like bounce ideas off each other, really get a, get a system down. Um, and I got spooked. I, not, I got spooked because of COVID as well. I, when the toilet paper effect hit, I didn't know how far things were going to go. I, I was in I was in Daytona Beach. I was getting ready to go back down to her in mm -hmm. Miami, but of course that fear of love because of that, my childhood. I am just all the the nonsense I've seen in life. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of loving relationships work out long term. Mm -hmm. um, so and so there's there's this there's a something inside that says why don't we just go ahead and ruin this now before we get all involved and it just gets ruined down the road anyway. So that that was the. Uh, she was preaching self-love. I was still, you know, I, I was still, uh, I, I still was believing, oh, you love other, love thy neighbor more than love thyself. Yeah. Um, once again, because of that, that fine line between narcissism, but the, the way, like you're saying, mm -hmm. almost the bypassing of emotion, which is a, which is one of the things of narcissism is, uh, they say when a kid is younger, they're shamed really, really big time by their parents. So let's say three years old. They can't handle the shame, so they create these, they reroute their neural pathways. Hmm. So that's where narcissists, it makes sense to me. And so some of these people that are doing self-love, they're really they're rerouting some neural pathways to not deal with certain things, hmm. which, yeah, it, it may feel better for you, but it doesn't mean it's the healthy road to go for the being itself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So bottom line was, and I'm not saying it's about her. I'm, she was, she's wonderful. I'm, I hope she's wonderful. But the, but the bottom line is I was scared of maybe it being too wonderful and wouldn't like me. So I'm like, why don't we go ahead and ruin this? Plus, plus the whole, the toilet paper effect hit. I, I got spooked by her. I created some little squabble and ended up being like, we should talk later or something like that. The next day, uh, something else happened. All this is in the book, so no need to go into too much of it. The fear of love and corona. <laughs> no, but that, and the toilet paper effect. Then I'm thinking, okay, well, what if the, what if the food supplies start going downhill, mm. right? You know, what if what if what if the next thing is people are bushing for the food and we're fighting in the grocery stores? I'm like, Florida is not the place to be. It's getting ready to start turning summertime. I'm like, I'm gonna get myself up to the mountains. <laughs> so I packed. Poncho, Poncho, the, the van is named Poncho. So I put everything from food, food, you know, dried food, water purification systems, fishing poles, blankets, tents, tarps, everything. And I started heading out. 
I had I head out around March 29th, I believe, maybe March 30th. First stop was St. Augustine to get my bearings, and then I um, I went off, and um, I traveled the whole nine months, all the way from March through November. Hmm. Uh, I met a, a fellow nomad on the road, a super heavy set guy that could only get about a hundred yards from his minivan. He had a little dog, and he showed me the showed me some free camping dot net apps so some free camping apps um to be honest with you everything was closed even mom and pop uh campsites way up in the country mm-hmm. so they it was very scary how how far of a reach media has mm-hmm. and how much fear it instilled in just a damn near everybody mm-hmm. that was it's scary in itself so there, there more fear started propelling the the, the, the trip. montana was what was calling me just trying to get up up as far kind of away from people as possible um a lot of it was fear but a lot of it was also just to full, get away from the tent feeling of the east coast and just the just the just amount of people and just the, how weird everything I, there wasn't a lot of trust for me there was almost zero trust in the media so i have after that feeling of distrusting the media and feeling there was something going on which we don't have to get into all that. I'm with you, man. Um, everybody, everybody's, everybody's got their own thing on that these yeah. days. Um, but then the truth, the time time tells all, right? So yeah. we'll, we'll find the truth. The, nobody can escape that. Um, so bottom line is, is I found out, figured out how to nomad, started there. You'd be so much, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Walmart's most Walmarts around the country allow uh, at least two day, two night stays. Some of them are cool. Some of them don't at all. Mm-hmm. Like so in the cities, they're actually kind of in the cities in strip malls, and they're not going to let you. And they'll knock on it, and there'll be signs. Um, but I met everybody from. I rode on tractors. Uh, I I started rock hounding. I met a beautiful woman um, in in Farson, Wyoming. Her name is Feather in the book, and uh, she taught me how to rock hound and dig for. Uh, just different rocks and gems and crystals and uh, fossilized wood, fossilized algae. I started wire wrapping, doing necklaces. Um, I played a little bit of guitar at a folk, cowboy folk concert. Mm-hmm. One of my friends now, eight years old, I stayed on his band about four different times. I visited that same friend, Rudy, in Boise about four times. I petitioned believe it or not, for the Kanye West campaign. <laughs> actually, to just make money, make money for the road. Um, I met some farmers. Uh, I stayed up their farm. I rode in his tractor. One guy, one man, takes care of 4,000 acres. By interesting tidbit. And uh, I went to five national parks, the Oregon coast. A, a beautiful, I have some beautiful friends over there, a couple. Mm. that are on the Oregon coast and they uh, opened up the home and they're, they're a cute dog. And so they actually housed that for them for a little bit. Then up the coast of Washington, back around to Montana, probably did five, 7,000 miles in Montana, um, back to Boise, all five national parks, uh, just camping, doing everything, jumping as many different bodies of water as I could, <laughs> cleansing that, doing as much Long stance work, yoga outside, soaking in with nature, uh, and finding the people. You know, not being told what to do. I feel that there's a lot of power within um, hugging people, breathing correctly, 
a lot of things that they were trying to take away is some of the things I believe in the most. Mm, yeah. So there's definitely a rebellious streak in there. Mm -hmm. um, not that not that I'm screaming from the rooftops to tell everybody to do what I'm doing, yeah. but I would say follow your own path. The serendipitous pursuit, it's kind of the wave, the wave that we were talking about where sometimes you feel like you're in front of yourself, behind yourself. So spiritually, like you can, you can start like the other day, I'm like, I'm tired of even thinking about all this, right? Yeah. I'm looking at everyone, people are talking about spirituality, spirituality all day long. It, it starts to get to be like, okay, look, you know, mm -hmm. you're not going to speed it up. It's got its own pace, just like writing a book. Mm -hmm. You can, you can, it's, you can't really speed up certain processes. Mm -hmm. What you can do is try to marry yourself and, and ride that wave smoothly, flow state. Yeah. So flow state, it, it would be, I, I look at it like almost sitting in an inner tube, riding, flowing down. You use your hands to course correct, right? So you don't hit the rocks and the banks and the sticks. But you're not up river and you're not drinking and laughing all the time with your friends. You're not gr grasping what's in, what's what your nature that you're soaking in, listening. The Zen is in listening to the mountain stream, however many miles away, listening, 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 not talking, not talking, mm -hmm. listening to learn, finding the Zen within, stop, stopping the mind, literally stopping the mind from thinking is one of the biggest things. So all that, the whole trip was teaching me and of course, this uh, the me the losing quote unquote losing a love because of the refusal to love oneself. But the the point is, is if you don't know how to love yourself and take care of yourself, how can you take care of somebody else? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're forgetting about you're forgetting how to bathe yourself correctly, you're forgetting to brush your teeth right, you're forgetting to calm yourself down. How are you literally? And it and it is true. Mm -hmm. So, but sometimes it takes losing something to finally smack it into the stubborn people's head like me. Mm -hmm. And so through the tears and the loss, I learned how to self-love. Mm -hmm. And through the just, just being by myself and these lessons in, that were ringing in my head mm -hmm. from the, from I believe call it life, the eternal ladder of learning, the mm -hmm. eternal ladder of learning. So literally everything, it's almost like, like the, um, if you've ever played or, or bowled mm -hmm. when they have as a kid or a boy scout troop girl scout troop, and they have those bumpers they have these blow up bumpers in the gutters mm -hmm. right so when, when you bowl it'll just it'll hit the bumper you don't you don't ever have to gutter ball so i look at life like that now where yeah. the, the the yin and the yang the, the positive and the negative are corralling you you're just kind of bumping your way down this three-dimensional tunnel bumping into everything moving forward so even the bumps and the scrapes are still lessons to learn you mm. down the path, That's right? Good. So the eternal ladder of learning. So as long as we look at, as long, thank you. As long as we look at the, even the pain as a teaching tool, then at least we're gleaning the lesson and at least we're, we're, we're benefiting from the pain. It's mm. the only thing that I can see. And, and it's not, I, I don't believe it's just making something up to deal with the pain. I really think it is that I really think that the, they have a saying the pain retains you know and sometimes if you're not getting the point the universe itself has to really drill it through to you you get the point now you know so the hesitant journey of self-love one man's hesitant journey realizing self-love is what i wrote up for the back of the book mm -hmm. while in the serendipitous in the serendipitous pursuit 
Now, the, how I trust the serendipitous pursuit is through character development. If, if we feel that we are a good person, we can trust in our momentum going down the road, mm. right? So mm -hmm. if we, as long as we are doing the right things, we can trust in believing that our path is correct, therefore not having fear going into the unknown. Mm -hmm. It softens the, 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 the fear of the unknown because we are trusting and we believe that our path will lead us to the correct way because we are kind. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. A lot of like, like that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's great, dude. That's, good. that's really, that's, all, that's some really good stuff, man. Uh, you know, I think I had messaged you this, but um, during the pandemic, I, I for, a, for a few months, I was working on man, a manuscript uh, for a book that was uh, Unophobia, the fear of being whole. And it was like, when I saw that your book was the fear of love, I really felt there was like a uh, kind of a synchronistic kind of thing where like, I was like, okay, this, this is interesting. This is like the, you know, you know, like it's like the, the universe wants me to talk to this person, <laughs> you know? And so I really feel like what you have to say is so important to, for, for a lot of what people are dealing with today. Cause I feel like, I feel like self-love is like the most trendy self-help kind of thing because you can kind of make it whatever you want to make it like you you can love yourself on your own terms as opposed to a deeper uh you know man like kind of a deeper introspection maybe your own terms are incorrect like maybe there are ways you're right. loving yourself incorrectly because you can justify love uh you get forms of love in in all sorts of abstract ways you know man like uh now, for myself, I'm kind of like, I'm a very uh, outside the box spiritual person, you know, man, it's, but it, it's weird. I'm, I'm, I have, you know, I'm my, my foundation, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I consider myself a Christian, but I'm also someone who's very, uh, I'm very, I'm a huge fan of Carl Jung. I'm very union in my, in my, uh, in my ways that I look at things. I'm very uh, Eastern, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like, most of Western Christianity is actually, there's a lot of legalism. There's a lot of, uh, it's actually a lot of it's rooted in ego. It's all about you trying to earn something, you know? And for me, when I read like the New Testament, like I, I really I really see in, in things that are opposite of what the church and what, Christ, what Christendom has been for a long time. And it's it's honestly like, for me there's i mean christianity had problems ever since it was conceived you know there's like people getting it wrong and so it's been a force of there's been a lot of power dynamics and so in the realm of spirituality in the realm of religion there's so much uh human manipulation of of things and so it's in incumbent on us to when we go to these things and really educate ourselves to challenge ourselves to say okay i'm just not going to take what's being told. I got to find things out for myself and I have to kind of learn how to navigate meaning in this world. And, you know, one thing that really rings true for, for me is that like, when you think, when you think about love and you think about the concept of love and people will justify, people will say, well, God is love. And then also say, well, you know, God's also going to smite you with cancer to teach you something. It's kind of like, it's like, okay, so that's, you know, you it's it's love then has no meaning whatsoever. If if it's going to be something that is just whatever happens, it's there's no it loses it's it's like insanity almost. You know, and so for me, when you define love and when you define things that are spiritual, they have to have such a practical 
foundation of understanding and ways that they um they're the building blocks of what you what is what are really your your foundational uh of the foundation by which you construct your identity or your sense of self you know and so um so you know for me like when, when i think about the degree of this is, this is one of my, my favorite things that i've read in the bible where it says the strength of sin is the law you know when you tell someone you know to 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 do something or thou shalt do this or thou shalt not do this it actually strengthens the very thing it strengthens the very thing that's the opposite you know it's kind of like don't think of a dog you, you you think of a dog you know and so it's one of those elements when it comes to to spirituality that people don't people you know i never hear that talked about like it's an element that what you know as someone who has dealt with ocd that's like the story of my life and like one little verse you know is that like when you try to do something and you try to focus on something it's like are you trying not to you try to focus on not doing something you can't really do that you have to find something else to focus on in order to transcend your engagement with with this false dynamic of yourself and so for me self-love is a sort of engagement of what is the higher dimensional function of who i am that transcends all these other areas that i may struggle with that like i'm trying to not do this i'm trying to not be this i'm trying to instead of instead of actually being like a a uh you know instead of being a successful person aiming for success aiming for love aiming for all these positive things we're trying to to not be a failure trying to not be unattractive you know not be uh unattractive right. we've taken virtue and instead of aiming for something we've actually kind of like mirrored virtue to be like backwards virtue how we're trying to not be this instead of being something and so for me our a lot of our spirituality in the west is this is this attempt to not be something as opposed to accepting who we really are and for me spirituality in essence is this right. is this uh is this sense of being raptured with the sense or with with, with the potential of one's joy and one's love and kind of developing it and you can only start where you are right now and it's something that when you start that road you can only put one foot in front of the other and do the best you you can at trying to receive you know your own definition you know and I, to me self-love i you know man there's there's actually like i'm gonna say this not because i actually believe it but i'm just gonna say it just to be kind of controversial but what if self-love is a myth you know what if actually understanding oneself when you understand oneself you by default love yourself and so instead of preach, preaching self-love what if we were to preach understanding self-discovery because to me one thing that i love about about uh a lot of christian theology this idea that you know when you understand god you you love him you know it but you can't you can't love him without understanding you know it's kind of like a person in a relationship or if you love someone it, it, you know, on a deeper way, you have to understand them. And so that understanding is the thing that kind of defines your love. Because when you do something that's maybe not characteristic of yourself, I don't define you based on that moment. I understand, I understand you and I define you based on something else, you know? And like when I fall from grace or if I fall from being the person that I know that I am and that somebody else who's not me kind of defines me as, as this as this person when i don't live up to that 
they don't judge me based on my failure, but they're like, you know what? I'm choosing to love you because you're, you're, you're this person. I'm not going to define you based on your failure, on your failure, but on, on your success of who you are as a, as a person and who you really are, you know? Um, you know, and so man, like when we talk about self-love, there's this understanding, I think of each other that to really love oneself is to kind of understand oneself to, to and to really have that illumination of, of the facts of one's existence that there's a, I think that there is a an unconditional grace in this world that we, in the back of our, of our minds all throughout it, like we know, we know that there's something there that we should, we, we should strive to be something uh, that we know we really are. And that when we're, when we're not living up to that, we feel weak, we feel uh, drained, we feel somewhat soulless, you know? And I think the pursuit of, enlightenment and spiritual things is kind of growing an awareness of the miracle of who we actually are because only then can we put the correct value on others because we bring to our engagement with others the strength of individual conscience of our individual awareness you know um i'm kind of just going off right now but like uh but no, yeah. I, love it. I love i i love i love the uh this the understanding love via the understanding mm -hmm. i like i also like the, the term self-work mm -hmm. and i i know i know exactly what you're talking about as far as um the negative self-talk okay what we were talking about as far as concentrating on the neg not being the negative thing mm -hmm. actually produces the negative thing mm -hmm. i think that that exact point right there has been what the some weird powers have be have tricked us into being lowered on the totem pole Mm -hmm. because of focusing on that negative and we, that's why negative ne negative thought that looping negative thought is the first thing that i would try to help somebody that i try to help myself get get over mm -hmm. and I, i'm not completely over it i'm not saying i am but mm -hmm. what i what i've been doing is putting little sticky notepads up literally on the washing machine the dryer saying i love you cable mm -hmm. you know unconditional love you know mm -hmm. just all these little cute things so you're starting to condition the mind to, to think automatically that positive thing rather than that negative thing. So I'm super glad that you touched on that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and yeah, the, the self-work thing, I think, I think one of the ways that we can identify a, a, a self-love practitioner that may not be in it for the right reasons or, or, or not displaying it correctly is when they're, they're somewhat of a spiritual snob. Mm -hmm. Right. When their self-love is more about, look what I am. When look, look what I am. I have arrived at self-love. I, I am a God. I am a goddess. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest uh, indicator mm -hmm. of that's going a little over the hump mm -hmm. with the, with, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. But that they deserve love too. I want everybody to reach it, but I don't want it to be a false. I don't want it to be a, a conning, a conning of oneself. And sometimes confidence starts with that word con. <laughs> right a con artist so overconfidence can be literally conning oneself into being at a level where you you might not be yet and so but but portraying it to others helps mm -hmm. you build your momentum into actually believing it yourself but it's at the detriment at the detriment of the people that are looking at you like oh my god i'm not that yet and, then, and so you're almost stealing their power by acting better than
Mm, that's so good. That's so, so good. That, that's when I that's when I start get pissed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, that's when that's when it starts to turn into that thing, that yeah. thing that that would be over the hump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, and, that, and that's that's where I go ahead. That's good stuff, man. That's really that's good. I try stuff. to keep it. No, yeah, no, man. Like that—that that was that. Then that I might use that for a highlight. Like I've been meaning to do like short little videos you know, for TikTok or for YouTube, where you know those moments where in the conversation where we get really, you know, we we have an idea, and in the moment that idea is just so potent, and that that, that to what you articulated there was so cool, man. It's it's funny how like we we will overlook language, you know. Hey, we will like there's little tidbits of like insight in the words we use, you know, man. And I. Like one of my favorite things that I've I've actually more recently I've seen people use this exact example. Like I thought, you know, when I when I when I kind of wrote this down, you know, a while back, I like it. You know, I thought I thought I was kind of like, I guess I thought I was special, but like now it, it's funny. There's a lot of these ideas that you just see are common ideas that are catching, you know, that are catching fire. You know, but one one of one of them was is. You know the word responsibility is your ability to respond you know and so when 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 responsibility is kind of preached to us as, as kids or as teenagers or young adults or whatever there's this there's this idea that it's like i don't know it sounds so like uh we, we have to do these things because we're supposed to you know when it's when when, when it actually it is we have the ability to actually respond to the world around us like real, real responsibility isn't going on autopilot to meet all the demands of life it's actually in some ways it's actually withdrawing yourself from the craziness to saying okay how do i effectively respond to the things in my life to make them uh you know to, to fulfill these areas to go where i want to go you know and uh no, man. So like when it, it's funny, there's words that we use that we can, we can kind of deconstruct them. They they hold such meaning. There's such meaning in all the little aspects of life. And that's why you were talking about breaking like the, the circle that we that, that we that we can get in sometimes. And it's it's funny because um, I think, um, you know, there's this thing like I think I heard uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson talk about this, about how like, you know, either everything means something or nothing means anything. And and when you are able to uh, bring about awareness in, in your own, uh, you know, and in, in to kind of stop thinking, you realize that so much knowledge is already kind of around you and that like, you know, to, 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 to be hyper thinking, there's just so much more information that you naturally will work with if you just function as a as the way that we're as we're wired. And if we are trying to rewire ourselves to try to have control over our reality, we begin to kind of hyperthink, and it's like at some point, like it's an illusion because we never, we're never going to have control over everything. It's like the quicker we can realize that, okay, I have to, I have to humble myself, let go, and realize that there's meaning all around me in every interaction. I will naturally respond uh, the way that I need to most of the time if, if I'm able to actually disconnect myself from wanting to have control if i can kind of just rest in my ability to you know to just um you know in, in some of the so if i can just rest in some of the ways that i've cultivated my character cultivated my awareness so at some point you don't have to just hyper think all the time you can kind of rest because you you you're used to yeah. feel, feeling these these areas within you and so in real time you naturally say things when, when you 
you know, when a demand is made on you, when, when you're in a situation, many times, like, that's what's about these conversations that, that a lot of times, you know, I don't have anything planned. We just have a, we have a conversation and things come out and then it's, and, and then, and then it's, it's really exciting because you're, it's actually, we're trying to in real time operate into things that we're, that we're writing about, talking about. And, and, uh, that's, you know, part and parcel of how we're supposed to engage you know everything in our life 24 7 is that there's a certain resting that we're doing within ourselves um I mean, there is work that we do there are things that we do think about but at the same time at all times we have to realize the um you know if we are if we're if we're trying to grow you know at like a hyper pace or trying to to go beyond what we need to be we're actually not growing you know it's like there's a certain degree of growth certain degree of um awareness that we're capable of right now and that's and that's our number one job is to sort of not be brought into these circles of thought or overthinking these circles of of they're actually kind of soul killing things because we we immediately kind of cut ourselves off from the rest of ourselves and we're operating in like a lower dimensional uh place you know it's like when we're able to rest within ourselves the multi-dimensionality of who we actually are comes out and when we're many times we know what to say not because we have lots of things to say but how we say it I mean, many times you don't need to say a bunch of things you just need to smile and say something with a, a few words and that preaches more than like a whole book you know there's just like a your, your your foundational being is able to bring to everything you do uh a higher dimensionality that if you just try to go on one dimension you know of of trying to think it'll take you 10 years to accomplish this you know if, if you can live on a multi-dimensional level and just kind of rest within yourself there's, there's so much more you can get accomplished in a small amount of time you know Right, 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 right. It's reminding me of a quote. That's why I was right. I got, I got a little paper and pencil here. Mm. Tone, tone is one of my biggest things. Mm. What, 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 what's your tone? Right, you know what I mean. Yeah. Whether you're talking to a dog, a waiter, a, a kid, your spouse, it shows me about everything about a person is the way that they speak to somebody mm. or something or even themselves. Mm. Um, I think it was Alan Watts said, "Rushing is a form of hesitation." Ooh. Rushing. Rushing to do something is actually a form of hesitation. You're giving yourself an excuse to be able to mess up because you rushed. So it's actually hesitation. Rushing is a hesitation. It's super interesting. That's really good, um, man. That's been but, yeah, for, that's a good one, right? That's really good, so, man. man. I, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying that. Alan Watts has some really good stuff, man. I, I I love listening to him because he had such an interesting way of thinking. You know, I may not agree with like everything he says, but like it, he takes you somewhere, and, and it's more of how he says things and more of how he, uh, yeah, man. He's he's someone that I can just listen to for hours, and it's just like it's man. It's but that's so good. That's like he. That's a, a very wise, wise person, and. Uh, that's that's actually uh that sounds like watts that's actually really that's a, that's an amazing quote i'm i gotta remember that because i you know i'm kind of it's weird i'm actually trying to uh i think i told this earlier but like i've been trying to cut back on coffee because i naturally am a enthusiastic person very very you know whatever and i actually i feel like that at some point i don't know if it's if it's a 
a mental thing or if it's a, it's a if it's a natural physiological acidity that's building up but i get really murky the more if i drink coffee every day and so i have to sometimes just take a day off where i feel absolutely miserable and yet i can feel my mind rest and i and i sleep and then i dream and it's really and then i and the next day I, i'm like mentally so much more clear-headed and uh, i mean i love coffee i absolutely adore coffee but it's almost a I almost feel like we we can't we can't be in a hurry to to break to in, in any process that we're in. And you know, when I meditate in the morning and I read and I do things and stuff, and I mean I love coffee when I write because my mind's just firing just and it's it, but it's almost like I that's kind of an unnatural state, and I don't have to have that, and I shouldn't have to rely on it, and I shouldn't have to think that I unless I have that that I have to you know that I'm not capable of my uh of my potential and so I don't know man I've I'm as a person who loves coffee I've also seen how it feeds sometimes an error that I'm trying to fix in my life you know that I'm trying to slow down I'm trying to uh be more present you know man for someone who just thinks so fast and, and is so just like all over the place um coffee is the thing that almost when I taper from i see a tremendous mental benefit and psychological benefit um even though my body is screaming you know uh but that was kind of random but i just thought i'd throw that in there you know no, no i i totally agree i so coffee's the problem mm -hmm. and definitely in the eastern philosophies there coffee's a no-no for meditation guru people hmm. they, that'd be the first thing they would tell you from if you want to be successful in meditation is cut the coffee. And wow. and I think it's just so accepted. I think it's a serious crush. I, I think I think people are walking around amped up and frustrated, annoyed. Mm -hmm. they, they don't have much left. They're already up to here and anything else, anything, it just turns into a huge problem. Mm -hmm. Driving faster, they're talking, they're saying, they're blurting things out. Mm -hmm. I think coffee's a way bigger problem than, I, I don't know how to address it. I'm not. Yeah. I don't know, and you know, to get everybody to quit coffee, I mean, Jesus, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But um, for the people that really, really are on that internal self work search and 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 are brave enough to ask ask themselves, it, can I rely on just my own energy, mm -hmm. right? And and yeah. and that's really the brave, the mm -hmm. brave that that are trying to have. And when the signs are, are showing you, you know, coffee is causing for me, I, I, I had one earlier today because I knew I was going to do this, but mm -hmm. I usually go to bed around eight or nine. Mm -hmm. But um, I, before that, maybe a week, if I'm doing like the, on the road, I don't drive in, but I'm trying to get it to not never, mm -hmm. but I still dabble here and there. Cause let's be honest, it's, <laughs> it's fun to do, mm -hmm. but um that really you would like to not do it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't know how to solve that one, but, mm. but the, the answer, I think I was going to, to the, the answers are all, and they're not going to be the ones that you want to hear. It's not going to say, Oh, the answer is two cups of coffee. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the lessons are all around us. And when they talk to you, I advise to listen because once you listen, you get more. And then mm -hmm. you get more and more and more. And the more you listen, the more. And if we're, if we're looking at this life as a growth 
an opportunity to grow mm -hmm. and then we wouldn't we want to grow as fast as we can in the allotted amount of time mm -hmm. if we start listening to all the lessons we could grow let's help thought 10 rungs up the ladder or do you want to just go one rung up the ladder this life mm -hmm. or do you want to try to get your 20 rungs in yeah so i i look at it like that of, of using the Audit time as best we can to get as far up as we can, but um, I don't think that there ever is an, an arrival at, and I believe enlightenment it starts over every day mm -hmm. because eternity is a long time. I mean, there's a lot of, we're getting pretty deep here, but mm -hmm. the eternal ladder of learning, meaning you never truly arrive. Yeah. There is only continue to do the work, but, but you get better at techniques. Mm -hmm. and you get better at, at understanding why it's happening mm -hmm. therefore it, it you're like a lesson yeah and then, then once we once we once we understand that the suffering we used to feel is actually helping us now we're getting to that everything is play mm -hmm. that mentality that this is a video even the hardships okay well you have a flat tire how many people have met their wife or their husband because they got a flat tire on the side of the road mm -hmm. things like that, that that we don't we're not a, we, we're too we're not allowed to we're not allowed to go ahead and scoff off and be in a bad attitude because during if we're in that bad attitude during this quote-unquote suffering what are we going to miss mm. that we're that's really what we're they're putting us in that place to to get yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's deep, but it it's it's it gives purpose. It, it gives purpose to everything though. And, mm -hmm. and it respects everything. And I think that that attention and, and our our conditioning of our attitude is is one of the most important things to do mm -hmm. every day is choose to have a good attitude uh, no matter what comes up because attitude is the deciding factor of whether this is suffering or it's joy yeah you know yeah saying? you know there, there was a, a period so, of time where, in a way yeah yeah no something no there was a period of time where like i thought something was wrong with me because i wouldn't get angry about things like i realized everyone would get angry and and i began to kind of like believe it was like a weakness and so I began to allow myself to get angry, but but it was always like forced anger. Like I was like, I'm supposed to be angry about this. So I'm gonna choose to be angry, you know, and realizing that that was, that's that's where you want things to be. You want things to be a choice. And then, but then before you know it, you're, you begin to develop bad, bad habits yeah. out of that. And then it's like, you know, I'm trying to get myself back to that more conscientious uh, place where, you know, man, like the principle of, of anything can get you riled up you know you can you can say okay the principle of this violation against me justify you know it's and, and you can take one small little thing and say well the principle of it i'm going to stand for this and then you blow it up to mean like this existential crisis when it's just like a person forgot to like use their turn signal <laughs> you know and it's like you know it's it's you know to where you know where do you draw the line of principles that, that you uh, you know, that you experience in your relationships with people and your interactions with people, you know, what justifies, uh, you know, getting really upset, you know, and, and I don't know, I feel like that unless there's real, um, a real threat and not just uh, the principle of a threat, you have to make sure you're preserving your emotional and spiritual resources because, you know, we don't have infinite resources. We, we have every day, we have a certain amount of energy, 
We, and, and we can only, you know, we, we kind of invest our, our resources, you know, throughout the day and things that we want to grow. And I think if we invest them in areas that tomorrow we're going to be more apt to get angry because of this or that, you know, that's kind of, that's a, that's really a vain pursuit. You're, you're kind of just feeding unhappiness, you know, but if, but if you're able to kind of realize that your ability to not feed anger, feed the negativity, um, you know, you can, you can, you can really cultivate your own sense of joy in a stronger way that you don't deny that that doesn't exist. But you're like, you know, what? I'm going to choose happiness. I'm going to choose my joy because I feel like in this life, that's what I want to invest in. I, I want to invest in, in, in positivity uh, and not ignore the negativity, but I want to transcend it. And I want to be able, because there's so, there's so much negativity to, to focus on that it's, uh, it's a sign of strength to say, you know what, I'm not going to allow my own pain, my own painful narratives of my life to be triggered. Like, if, you know, I think a lot of times we don't dig deeper enough, you know, things that kind of, uh, I think it's probably a lot of what a lot of different political divisions have is that we project onto different political parties or policies some sort of thing that we've experienced to where we project onto it our own life pain and we're unable to actually have dialogue you know that, that that's disassociated and, and detached from you know from our own pain you know we, and so we bring to the political space our own I don't know, I mean, our own trauma and our, so, so when, when I think of a certain politician, I don't see them as a human. I see them as, as the personification of my pain or something or, you know, something like that. And it, I think our, we, 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 we feel like for some reason it's total free game for us to just, to just unload on politicians. And it's like, that's the domain where I think, uh, we, we can't afford to have such brokenness because we're going to continue to have a broken country, a divided country, divided means of talking about issues. And we're going to keep relying on whatever sides, you know, loud enough or, you know, louder, whatever so side can actually uh, threaten the other the most, you know, and so it, it, that, that sort of paradigm, unfortunately, I don't, you know, I don't see it getting much better, but I feel like people that are, that are developing the uh the psychological health of this country and the, of, of our individual health those are the people that are really going to rescue this place and that's one of the reasons why too man i i don't want to get too political with my podcast but i also don't want to not be you know man like i have i had a person on that i'm going to post uh probably tonight or tomorrow who was a undocumented immigrant and um and it's weird i'm hearing her perspective that she actually um you know she actually believed in certain regulations and stuff but she had a very open mind about things and a very interesting perspective and it made me open my eyes and uh you know and so it's weird man when you're able to sit down and not just jump down each other's throats at like the slightest disagreement and hear like a human being behind you know the ideas it's like that's you can connect with i mean i enjoy talking to people that that disagree with me, but I love finding, okay, so where do we agree? And then where does, do things go, you know, go in different directions? Like one, one of my best friends like that, man, like we have really deep, we're, we're so spiritually similar. And yet, uh, you know, we have a lot of different political disagreements and it's like, but we come back to the same thing about, okay, so let's, you know, let's try to understand each other. And it's, it's, to me, that's what we need, you know? And I feel like so much of our collective health 
you know, uh, comes down to our individual health, how we're able to treat another person, you know, and it's, I don't think people really realize how important, you know, individuality for like first love, truly loving yourself and expressing that in ways that with other people that you truly value them because you see them as kind of a mirror, you know, of, of who you are in some ways, you know, and, um, but yeah, man. So I, I really feel like, uh, that's strongly, that's, that's really, you know, missing from our, from our dialogue. And I'm hoping that, uh, people like people like us can at least in our sphere, spheres of influence, you know, can, uh, you know, man can help be a solution, you know, or at least promote what I think are, um, you know, the, the spiritual and psychological solutions, because one of my favorite books is, uh, Carl Jung's the undiscovered self. And it's, I mean, it's such a profound book that I've probably read at least a hundred times. And I actually, the several, last several years, I just felt drawn to this, to this book. And I listened to it over and over and over again. And, and it talks about mass mindedness and, um, how we have, we have so much mass mindedness in our society. And it's, and it's, um, when we really talk about spiritual things. We're trying to bring people back to the, the most potent value they can have as individuals apart from the crowd. And that's how we're actually going to bring humanity because as long as you're mass minded you can't bring two two things you know individual the, the the potent strength of individual conscience you surrender your conscience for the crowd and so for me like to really bring love into the equation of of, of how we treat people and how we ultimately uh formulate things that we do politically it comes down to cultivating individual conscience and individual uh love that we're able to you know in our own spiritual in our own spirituality uh you know and i feel like that as, as an extension of that we then treat you know uh, another person that way and then we can treat people that way you know um any thoughts on that because i know like you in your book you, you talk about you know, the election a little bit and, and things and uh i just was wondering what you thought yeah no 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 i what's funny is i touch on all all this stuff in the book there's so much in there mm -hmm. but what, what, what first thing the two things i'm going to talk about the fight the fight for consciousness and the mirror living that you're talking about mm -hmm. so i believe that the fiercest fight in galaxy maybe of our existence is our own personal fight for consciousness mm -hmm. so i think when there's i think that, they, that whoever they are have figured out a way to steal power from us mm -hmm. and create their own their own whatever their own agenda through getting enough people to believe in their their plan which is getting enough basically harnessing and stealing people people's consciousness literally consciousness yeah. to construct a certain plan so mm -hmm. that's where that that mass mind i've not read those books but the mm -hmm. the mass mind is the, the memory, culture personality culture yeah. personality yeah 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 so that's the same yeah. thing it's a cult, like, a, like a kim kardashian like the, the how how common is it now i call it the flattening of society because mm -hmm. you it used to be you know new york had its thing and la had its thing and chicago had its thing now everybody from denver to dallas is all acting the same mm. it's that culture personality it's that mass mind because mm -hmm. they're falling into the trap of this consciousness this fight for consciousness which is led by the media and, mm -hmm. and triggering these really low vibration things like anger, fear, mm -hmm. oh, coronavirus, 
oh, uh, you know, BLM, it's, you know, when, I'm, not get, I'm not putting an opinion out. I'm mm -hmm. just talking about the tools, the tools used yeah. to control the masses. Mm -hmm. and, if, and if you aren't wise enough to understand that they're being used for that, then, then and we, we need to see some real solutions rather than just these triggering instantaneous media uh, taglines. And so the fight for consciousness, I look at everything almost like it could be a trick. <laughs> almost like everybody is so not being, I, I want to take and, and, and I, I like to honestly just brush by concepts, take it back to my own center, think it through, take and keep what I like and discard or dish out what I don't. You know what I'm saying? And the, what, the where we get our trust from trusting our own path, once again, is our hyper focus on our own character conditioning. So I believe that that is where you you can f trust your own truth is through the kindness and through the the, the uncredited uh, acts of goodness, you know, picking up that litter, not telling anybody about it, donating, not telling anybody about it. The secret do 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 goodings um, are, are how we ratchet up that that and that's how we can trust our truth um, like that. So there's a fierce fight for consciousness. So be careful and be what, what you're ingesting who you're around, what you're allowing even into you, right? Mm -hmm. Even that, that negative person that just, they have to spit out that last word. If, you have, if you're around somebody like that, that just has to get it out. They're being unfair to your requests and your boundaries mm -hmm. and literally to your own consciousness, you know? So sometimes like, I don't, I don't turn on the TV because I don't even want it in my consciousness. I don't even want them to use me for their plan of attack, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So then as far as mirror living, um, well, first off, real quick on, on the, the angry thoughts and stuff like that. What I what a technique that I use for, let's say I'm getting a surge of anger. I pretend that that anger. Have you ever what's that movie? Oh, it's so good. Damn it. It's a Pixar movie. Uh, in a little bit, but it's it's uh, it's where these all your emotions. They're kind of in the spaceship and they're trying to butt into the driver's seat. Uh, I need to remember that for future talks because it's, it's a great, it's a mental health movie for kids, but it could be for anybody. But anyway, so say anger is coming up in your head. I pretend it's, it's an angry person walking down the street and I politely say, excuse me, sir, keep it moving. So I don't even allow myself to match the anger. Not like you get, no, you get out of here. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't even match the anger. You politely to yourself. Be polite with yourself and gentle with yourself. Usher that thing down the way. Mm. Um, the, other, the other thing is mirror living. The mirror living is being brave enough to see something in another person that we have inside us, even if it's if we don't think that we do. Say the say the thing of it as a pie graph, right? Say somebody is fifty percent angry. We'll just use these simple numbers. I go into this in, in the book, but. Mm. Uh, because uh, that's how, and that's how I figured out how to try to explain it. Um, say, say two people are sitting at a, at a cafe, an outdoor cafe, and there's a there's an angry homeless person ranting and raving at the uh, at the stoplight. And both of them, one person has 50% anger inside of them, the other person has 25% anger. Both of them can look over at that person that has 100% anger and learn how to polish up their anger a little bit more. So then the, the universe is using that quote-unquote angry homeless person for you to look at it as a mirror mm -hmm. to help you see 
how to change yourself. Mm. So if, if, if the lessons are coming to you, you're not over it yet. Mm. So if that, if, if, the, if, the, if there's something, maybe it's only 1%, mm. but you're not over it yet. And that's why the universe is, is putting it to yourself. Mm. So that's the bravery of the bravery of true mirror living is understanding the only reason you're seeing it is because you're not completely solved of that issue yet. Wow. That's really cool. That's that's really cool, man. No, to, I, I totally know what you're, what, 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 what you mean by that, because there's an awareness of like judgment that you have. You know, it's weird when you're in public with people. Many times, there's only a, a small set of reactions people have when they are witnessing odd behavior. You know, there's the reaction to make fun of it. There's the reaction to like totally disassociate. You know, then there's maybe like the, then there's the reaction to kind of understand what's going on and it, and I. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I know there's probably more than that, but, but generally speaking, you know, man, there's a, there's this reaction that when people see it, it's like it, it can kind of trigger or kind of, uh, it can kind of jolt loose the area of someone that might actually in somewhere and in somewhere inside them feels something similar and in their like shame of it they'll then make fun of it because it's, it's it helps them disassociate from that part of themselves you know and i've, I've almost have more and more have learned this idea of kind of understanding that then you never have the right to look down upon someone for something because you know we all have the capacity to be almost anything everybody else is and and there is a um it's you know, woe to the person who thinks they are like they're superior because you're going to have that same situation where you're failing at something and you're, you're not going to want people to actually look at you that way. And I feel like having that awareness, um, your conscience is going to be something where that can kind of can kind of hold your own failure in a way, knowing that, you know, you haven't judged others that way. And there's almost a more of a humility you're, you're living in. Uh, you know, really recently, I've kind of discovered just how much people don't realize this, but humility is when you go beyond the surface of what humility kind of is, uh, you begin to really go into areas of yourself that humility can be kind of a drug because it like it fills you with this high of you're accessing more of who you are, you know, where you're otherwise you'd be trying to force yourself in pride to be something when you kind of are able to dissolve that part of you and accept yourself, there's all of this area within you, all of your potential, you're, you begin to really explore your potential, not because you want it to be there, but because in humility, you're actually facing yourself and you're actually, you can begin to realize, wow, when I actually let go and I actually humble myself, there's these areas inside me I never knew existed. And humility oftentimes is sensitizes you to your own potential, to your own joy, you know, to your own love, you know, because you're understanding yourself more, uh, you know, and that to me, that's something that recently, you know, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Let me tell you something really funny. Mm -hmm. uh, my, one of my friends, Kelvin's a super, you're, and first off, I've got nothing but respect for you. You're a super deep thing <laughs> and you're smart and uh, you're awesome. Yeah, man. I think that you, your, your music's great. That's how we met in that yeah. is I listened to your music and you're awesome. Oh, thanks. And, uh, the things that you write down on the I don't I don't I don't 
I don't scroll too, too, too much, but I do stop on your stuff and it's really yeah. thought provoking. And it seems to be a synchronicity with my life too. You're always talking about something that I'm, is kind of close to the tip of my tongue. So mad awesome. respect. Dude, same here, check man. this out. When we're talking about humility, this is hilarious. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, thanks, man. And so check it out. I was talking, I was talking to my friend Kelvin, super duper artist. And he said, I can't remember. He couldn't remember who this quote is from, mm -hmm. but it said, oh, oh, humility. You're not that great. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's double, it's double, it's double, it's double humble. So the fact that you're not you, this is, this is a thought. We're talking about thoughts. But the fact that somebody would even be humble, don't even worry about that. You're not that great to be humble. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know what I'm saying? How, how great is that? So it even further humbles you, mm -hmm. right? It even mm -hmm. further humbles Oh, it's and and so it's a never ending. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to say that. But but what what you're talking about is is on point. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to ruin it with that. It's just a really funny thing that had to be said. Yeah. And, no. Absolutely, know. man. You know, so, there's there's a yeah, great. That's all I have for that. There's a there's a great. Uh, it's a great verse in like, in like Exodus or something like that where it says, you know, and and Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. And it's it's that's and that's like okay, no, that's. That's pretty incredible. When I mean, we know Moses was was a was a, was a significant guy, what we what we fail to remember is that and Moses wrote Exodus. <laughs> so imagine writing, "I am the the most humble man on the face of the earth." <laughs> you know, it's like you know, humility or meekness isn't downplaying yourself. It's just accept. It's it's just accepting who you really are. You know, it's and, and you know, man, very few people I think in history could probably write that down. You know, and like. Uh, but it's a it's kind of it's well you know, to me spirituality spirituality isn't always isn't always like serious sometimes there's like there's hilarious things in it there's really funny truths you discover and like that was something that to me is really uh always cracks me up because it's kind of like a paradox you know it's like some people would say it's a contradiction but i think too often paradoxes and contradictions are kind of uh you know it's they're, they're close to each other but for me like the idea that humility is something that isn't just debasing oneself. I mean, too often it is like in the West because we're so prideful. Um, but I, there, there's a point where humility is just accepting who you are. And even if you are, you know, accepting who you are and you're, you know, it's like this, it's like someone who know, who is, uh, you know, knows CPR and knows how to save someone's life. You know, it's like, we know it would make sense makes sense that if someone's dying you know the person's like well you know i'm too humble to help that person it's like man that's 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 nonsensical it's like someone who's humble just accepts who they are and actually to act is to be humble because they are saying i'm not gonna i'm not going to filter myself and what i can offer someone else through this you know this cloud of uh so-called virtue it's like humility kind of breaks us through i think some of the false spirituality into into action into actually being who we really are you know and to and you know a lot of times that is someone that we need to um be more be more mindful be more you know less promoting of ourselves but sometimes it is promoting ourselves in the right way you know uh and so I'm still getting used to that because man i've i'm st i still come from a mindset of almost like humility is you know kind of downplaying who you are when in you know at some point in your life your purpose humility is the opposite it's actually 
you know, taking the reins of your life and actually doing with confidence what you know to do and actually having the words to say to people in a way and that you still have a watchful dimension of yourself where you're, you're not going to, um, you know, promote yourself too much or in a, in a forced way, but you're going to allow things to happen to you. And, you know, um, that's something that I, I'm still kind of trying to get right in uh, um, because it just seems like in social media world and a lot of the ways that we go about things there's just so much like fakeness and so much like everyone has like an angle they're working and and i'm i'm just i love authenticity i love being genuine with people and so you know it's i'm still trying to figure out that riddle of promoting myself in the right. things that i want to do without being uh a con artist like you're saying like like have confidence in what I have right. to offer, right. but not conning people, you know? Right. That's the, that's, that's the, that's the gamble. That's the fine line mm -hmm. is, is I would rather err on being too humble than err on being overconfident. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. if it undulates a little bit, it, it probably, it probably undulates a little bit because for example, I told you, I already told you how to do, I did a bunch of cocaine. That's mm -hmm. the other side of it. That's a boastful, mm -hmm. overconfident, just hmm. ridiculous and then so i've been about a year and a half ago i was called too humble by a guy in miami and i'm like okay well i probably counteracted that overconfidence so far down where i did i did go below the surface like if this is the line hmm. i probably went to and now to try to find that same livable while being assertive enough right really hmm. great self-checker right hmm. like, it's a one that the internal I would much rather deal with a person that has an internal clock that's a little bit leaning towards the humble side than the mm -hmm. other side. Yeah, that's what I would say. Absolutely. But there are definitely times where we have to poke our, where there are definitely times where we have to poke our head above water and speak for ourselves, mm -hmm. and that 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 comes with once again trusting and and one knowing oneself enough to know when you're being wronged and you need mm -hmm. to take go above that level just a little bit mm -hmm. and uh the self-promotion is a, is a really good indicator too as as far as if somebody is going a little too far <laughs> above that line um because it's tasteless it's 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 classless it's mm -hmm. obvious as a turd on the floor on the kitchen floor <laughs> yeah. and it turns people off mm -hmm. it turns and then that's not the only reason that we would we would not want to do it but it would turn it would turn energetically your own cells off right yeah. like, you, like i like to, i like to look at our cells mm -hmm. like little tiny little cute minions from despicable me right? yeah. just little cute little minions minions in a good way mm -hmm. sitting there awaiting instruction so why not be a positive humble being your cells want to be around and that's how we grow that aura mm -hmm. um but you know so i think some of the overconfidence is actually insecurity Mm -hmm. the the overconfidence is actually insecurity and um and if, if people are on this runaway train effect with social media and stuff like that once again it goes back to time will tell all mm -hmm. and then we had to we have to figure out what we judge is successful anyways yeah. so if we know ourselves and we're affecting just a small group our call to that correctly that is success, by the way. And mm -hmm. if that cul-de-sac grows into a little town and into a, little, a bigger city, that's fine. But if you if you better be growing your little your little tadpole farm correctly before you're worried about you know doing online courses for whatever you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And and becoming some whatever guru. 
and this, that, and the next thing, um, because that's there. There are other things watching us, right? Mm -hmm. Like success isn't just measured in human accolades and, mm -hmm. and bank accounts. There, there's a feeling that the universe shows you and gives you goosebumps when you are doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So, how much does anybody really need? Does anybody mm -hmm. need to be how much money? So, yeah, all that stuff is 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 should hopefully be a reason to want to be humble just mm -hmm. to be stay more connected to one mm -hmm. the one which is all of us yeah yeah us. you know and I, I think i think at some point like someone's humility it, there's a trial and error period because i know for me like there was a time where I was, I was a lot more uh you know waiting for uh waiting for some of the uh things to be unleashed in me and like i don't know i guess it's like the, the potential and and you know, when you, it's to me, humility is, you know, it's almost like it, you, at some point you, you bounce off the floor, you know, like where, where you are, you are, you are, you're, you know, instead of, you know, pride is like lifting yourself up, you know, if you're keeping yourself down, well, to me, correct humility isn't always keeping yourself down at some point, like it, it naturally has like this other dimension of confidence because uh, who you really are is being discovered. And, uh, you know, and so like the humility, the, humi the humility that recognizes, uh, I think other people's emotional and spiritual needs, it's in the recognition, recognition of your own spiritual and emotional needs and kind of realizing that as you're discovering yourself, there's all these different ways that you now can meet the needs emotionally and spiritually to, to the world around you. And to me, humility is that thing that, um, even when we're going through any sort of dark time or, or, or at some point you're going to feel that, that ricochet where you bounce off the bottom, you know, like recently, man, I've been really dealing with some, some things myself and man, like uh, last, like the past week, you know, I had a friend that would just really sharing a lot of things back and forth. And um, there was one day where things got really bad. I really hadn't felt that bad in a while. And, and I was kind of just realizing that there was things I hadn't addressed and um it was weird after kind of just allowing myself to go to these places. Um, it allowed me to kind of make conscious some of these things and it allowed me to kind of feel, um, I don't know. I was able to, in my humility realize, okay, I know this isn't true, but this is a problem that I have to kind of address. And I, and I, and, and so, uh, it was almost like the very next day I can, I can feel that ricochet. I, like when I woke up, I felt, okay, I feel like I'm kind of out of out of the clouds or getting out of the clouds, you know, then like today, of course, I feel really, really good, you know, and, uh, you know, so that's weird how I feel like when we are going through something, humility is something that allows us to go through the process of, of addressing what's really inside us. And that will ultimately, though, lead to some sort of resolution that we kind of bounce back from, you know, that's uh, at some point, you know, hum humility doesn't just keep us down. You know, it's something that at some point, like it brings us down wow. to meet something we need to meet. And then when it does, it brings us back up you know, naturally. And so um, it's, yeah, kind of, it's, yeah. it's, it's, helping, it's helping you. Yeah. Helping you address the discrepancy, mm -hmm. helping you address the discrepancy. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's it. And mm -hmm. yeah. And so once you, and that's a brave way of looking at it because, and it's also to do it in a public, in the public eye, it hurries up the process because you, you, you basically say, look, this is me. And now you have other eyes on you where you can't hide from it. And now you really address that, mm -hmm. that, that discrepancy, but it, it's, it's a little scarier 
but it's it's a way better way to solidify your foundation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And it's, I, I feel like we're getting better at having these kind of conversations. And I feel like, uh, you know, man, I'm, you know, man, really props to me. I, I, it's funny, dude, like we've, we've talked for almost for almost two hours or whatever, man. And it's like, it feels like we haven't been talking that long. Like you're so easy to talk to with these things, man. And, and you know, that's a person. Let's has a do lot it again. Of, we'll, we'll do it again. Sometime. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And it's, it, you really know that someone has done a lot of internal work when you have have a conversation like this and you know uh it, the energy and enthusiasm just feeds and it's like you lose track of time and it's a uh it's a real exciting thing man because this is what this i think this is the domain that we that we live our lives in that we have to internally have these conversations all, th all throughout the day and in everything that we do and it keeps us emotionally and spiritually fresh. You know, we have to always keep things, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of these things, man, we can get stuck in intellectually knowing them, but then it's like allowing them to be kind of activated to where emotionally and things that we, it brings us to that, excuse me, it brings us to like a real a fresh appreciation of our, of, of ourselves, of, of our unique life and of, of the, the life that we're blessed to be able to have, you know, man, because I, I really feel like we all can only, we all can only realize our own life. You know, we we see everything else through the lens of our own life, and so even if we look at someone else, what's and, and look at the things that other people have, it's still through the lens of ourselves. And and if we are not nourishing our own self and our own our own depth and appreciating, we we are gonna pretty soon just lack that appropriate way of viewing the world outside us because it'll be empty of the person that we are, you know, and it's, it's like, we're trying to cut ourselves off from the very thing that gives everything definition and, and meaning and freshness. And it's like staying in that appreciation of ourselves, staying in that self, that real self-love, that real self-understanding uh, and really realize just how much, how many, uh, how much resource, emotional and spiritual resource is there? I call it joy, because to me, joy is a rich sense of meaning that allows us to have deeper happiness. You know, we're just not chasing highs, but we're kind of like we are re reaching a certain stability that can hold our experience in a deeper way. Because if we don't have that, then, yeah, we may have these great blissful, you know, uh, highs, but, but, but the lows, we won't be able to constructively organize and actually process and and uh learn from like you're saying with the the bowl the bowling uh, lane with, with the two bumpers or whatever man it's like it's like we really have to have that mindset and have that inward foundation to where uh yeah we can appreciate wherever we are and really never let go of the person that the only person we get to be because once we you know kind of break ourselves off from that we begin to try to build ourselves you know anew which we can't you know we're just trying to build on the foundation of a fraction of ourselves like we it's big i think I experienced this in, in in our teen years when we all of a sudden feel the need to be our you know an individual and we think it's rejecting our family or rejecting like the things that we've done with we don't realize you know, we're rejecting the foundation of everything that we know. And so we can't pretend to know something that we don't, you know, and, and it's usually in our in our 20s and our 30s, we kind of like kind of begin to cultivate 
you know, that the realization, oh, you know, man, my childhood is actually pre pretty stinking cool. You know, like there's things about just our, our, our whole life that we em embrace and we it takes, I think, a lot of uh, therapy and a lot of things going back and recovering what's lost, you know, from our early years that, you know, in our, in our memory gives us a lot of rich meaning to where we, we, you know, we don't, we don't experience the world through the lens of our pain, but through our joy and through the things throughout our early life really gave us a, you know, our, our foundational awakening of what it means to be alive. And, uh, you know, man, and it sounds like, like you kind of alluded to some of this too, about how with, with pain and how, uh, it was, it was a phrase you said about how, uh it's like pain remembers or, or it's like uh it may even be a, a military thing pain pain retained yes yeah man and how identifying these places that we wouldn't you know pain's a weird thing we pain is kind of like we 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 identify pain as physical pain but we know there's emotional pain but there's also yeah. a, a domain of pain that is worse than than just ways ways that we feel but it's it's what, what we don't feel you know it's that numbness to where we've totally muted ourselves and, and kind of amputated a part of ourselves you know and, and it's like allowing ourselves to really go back in some of these areas and uh reattach you know and, and go through, through the whole process of you know it's almost like you know when when certain surgeries are done like uh you know our body may not many times rejects things that we're trying to you know, uh, you know, they were trying to make whole, like if, if we have a broken limb or something like that, and they get like, you know, there's, 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 there's antibiotics or whatever we use to fight off the body from trying to attack the thing. You know, I think our brokenness is like that, where our initial um, ideas of trying to restore ourselves, we, we feel like a rejection from that. We, we, and, and we have to like identify and become, be, begin to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and, understand that man our volatile emotions are going to be there and we have to understand them and uh you know it's an area of of self-help or whatever you want to call it that i think um i'm trying to like explore more because i feel like you have to have the momentum of joy in order to really go through the you know some of the areas of um of healing because if you don't have like a foundation it's just gonna sometimes just knock you off you know, off the track. And uh, I mean, I know for myself, you know, I've, I've experienced moments of, of real, uh, of struggle, you know, struggle sessions or, or whatever you want to call it. And maybe that's, maybe there's no way of, of avoiding that. But I feel like as a life norm, you have to be able to, uh, you know, not got to realize that you don't always have to be just, uh, I don't know, man, Not, you know, just clobbered by the realizations of, of, of your pain and, and, and this and that you can live your life at a, at a pace where, yeah, and there's a sober awareness, there's things, but you know, it doesn't weigh you down so much. You know, you're living your life every day, trying to um, not just try to have these moments where you experience tremendous spiritual awakening, but you have it spread out over a period of time every day so that you're not just trying to pursue, you know, uh, these huge spiritual experiences, but, but you're living, you're, you're, you get, you have a spiritual pace that you're living at that over a period of time, you recover so much of yourself. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that I think 
you know, too often we hear about people that have have amazing experiences, and that's great. I mean, I've I've had my own amazing experiences and stuff. But what's more important is is a lifestyle of of then everything that I do, um, kind of going in a certain direction spiritually, and realizing that that's more important than having these am amazing uh experiences or these amazing uh moments of illumination you know it's there's a real sober awareness that i think real spiritual experience brings you that like you recognize truth within yourself and you live your life open to different ways of seeing things you live your life open to people and you can be you can kind of sense uh truth in others and you can sense falsehood in others you know and uh but yeah, another rant there, but I was just kind of uh, walking out there. To know. <laughs> no, no, you're a deep thinker, man. You're awesome. You're awesome. But yeah, anytime, man, we'll do this again. It's been a great talk, and you, you provide yeah. a lot of energy for me as well, dude. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I mean, so, we, we really could probably, we could just keep talking. So, man, well, we will, uh, if you have any, any, any final words. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that's that's really it, man. I, re I really appreciate it. It was fun, and uh, I see you as a as a beacon. I see you as a lighthouse for the folks. Oh man! So great job, great job with doing your work. With yeah, your work. you too, and man. The only other thing is uh, the fear of love and Corona. Yeah, I'm taking pre-orders for the fear of love and Corona, and then it should be up on Amazon. And then I'm looking for publishing too. So you know, <laughs> the biggest the biggest uh, the biggest goal was to complete such a such a hard project and I, I know it'll go where it's supposed to go but thank you man and once again i truly respect your your light the sheriff you're shining on people and keep up that writing and the music you're awesome thank you so much man dude it takes one to know one and man uh yeah let's let's do this again real soon man and uh dude thank you for everything thank you for for the kind words and uh yeah, I encourage everyone to check check out your book. Follow you on on Instagram. That's that's where you you, you mostly do a lot of your activity, right? That's most of your uh, posts and stuff. So cable gives on Instagram. Okay, cool, man. All right, brother. Yeah, have a good night, man. Dude, it was a it was a privilege to talk right. with you, man. And we'll do this again real soon, all right, all man. Right.